So we were doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2. This is Chapter 24. We had done till verse 15. Now up to 15 what we had understood was that there are various domains which Brahmaji created. One is the higher domain which is called the heavens. Then the lowest domain was called the hells. And in between is called the earth. Now between the earth and the heavens there are other domains which were also discussed. Now these are connected to those who have to go from one planet to the other. It was called Maharlok, Janalok, Tapalok and Satyalok. Now all these kind of different domains were discussed and then on top of it it was also said that all kinds of work that is there, that is all fruitive work will lead us towards these kind of domains. But the sage and the saint are not involved in this kind of a work because they have gone beyond the three domains. So beyond the gunas, beyond the five bodies, they have crossed over to the other side. And that means they have entered into the divine realms. They can definitely get what is called as moksha. Not to return once back again because there are no bodies to go back to. So this is what we had learned yesterday. So we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 24, The Philosophy of Sankhya. And we are doing verse 16 onwards. Now this is again the story where Krishna is going to give some knowledge about knowledge itself. The path of knowledge to Uddhava. Now what does he say from this verse onwards? Whatever feature visibly exists within this world, small or great, thin or stout, certainly cannot uh, can contain both the material nature and its enjoyer, the spirit soul. Now, we'll read again. Whatever feature visibly exists within this world, small or great, thin or stout, certainly contains both the material nature and its enjoyer, the spirit soul. Now, we had done till just now about the five sheets. The five sheets are starting from the food, the food body till the happy body. That is Annamai Kosh to the happy one. Which That means five layers are there on top one on top of each other. Now these five layers, they have enjoyment as their base. Yesterday we discussed enjoyment also. What does enjoyment mean? Enjoyment means just not happiness and joy and all. It also means sorrow. Person may, you may say that why is a person enjoying sorrow? It is what the body goes through. We cannot call it, you know, in English we will not say it's an enjoyment, but basically you have to understand that the body goes through certain things and those emotions, feelings, whatever are called a sort of an enjoyment. So now what, what is mentioned in this verse is very unique. Remember, the spirit soul is not connected to these five bodies. They are separate. They are all separate and the spirit soul is separate. That is a Jiva Atma. Atma is a separate. Jiva Atma is a separate. Now the spirit soul that we talk about, the spirit, it is involved 
in the action with the five sheets. Okay? This is a unique thing that you have to understand. That means, let us say, I am doing someone a favor. I have given somebody, uh, there was a beggar and I removed some money from my pocket and I gave it to the beggar. Now what happens to him? He is happy that he has got something. Now what happens to me? I also feel nice. The feeling of nicety comes in me. I feel a little bit satisfied, satiated. Okay? Now, how does this satiation or this happiness come in? I feel that I have done something nice in this world. I will give you a small example of a video which I saw. There is a beggar sitting on the road. And this man every day goes to work. And every day what he does is while he is passing from there, he removes a coin or something and puts it in the tin. There is a small tin lying in front of him. So he puts it in the tin. And he goes away to work. Now people will walk up and down that street. And someday somebody will put something and this beggar is just sitting over there. And at the end of the day he goes from there, whatever he has collected. Now, this man one day while walking from there, puts his hand in his pocket and suddenly remembers something. So he goes home and he is searching for something. Finally, he finds a box which he has kept somewhere on top. And he takes the box and he goes to meet this beggar. So he comes and sits in front of the beggar, opens the box. Inside that is a weighing machine. Now he keeps the weighing machine in front of this beggar stands on top of it and he looks at his weight 72 kilos and then he removes a coin from his pocket and gives it to that man. The man looks at him, is happy and then he walks away from there. Another person comes over there and stands on top of the weighing machine and notices his weight and removes a coin and gives it to him. So this beggar who was begging now becomes a weighing machine man and he gets a regular income from that. Now this is a wonderful story and naturally it will bring smile to your face also. That's surprising. <laughs> so this story will tell you that this person now has a legitimate income. He's not going to be sitting over there just gathering money from people like a beggar. He can stand over, he can just sit over there with the weighing machine and can definitely earn some money which will be his legitimate earning. Now the gentleman who gave him that weighing machine, the weighing machine was just lying in his house you know, gathering dust and it now has got some use. 
Now think about what has happened to you as well as the person who has given the machine as well as the beggar. Everybody feels happy and nice. We all feel satisfied. We feel that, oh, we have done something nice. Isn't that what the feeling is? So this is what is felt by the spirit soul also. There is all the five level layers are also very happy and the last body which is called the happy body that is also happy. That transmits the happiness to the inner being and when the being is happy it shows on your face. Isn't it? Now we go to the other extreme. Now there is somebody out there You know, in, this has been happening in some of the trains in UK and in USA or in India also it happens. Now there is a colored person sitting in the car in the train and a person looks at him. You are here in my country. You get out of my country. I don't want you in this country. When this kind of a thing is being said, to a person who is not doing anything, who is just sitting and maybe reading some book. And that person says, no, I am a citizen of this country. No, you are not from this country. You get out of this place. At such time, what happens? The people around, plus the person who is going through this ordeal, plus the person who is subjecting this other person, do you have that, do all these people, including you, have that aversion, have that kind of a hatred or kind of a feeling which says, why is this happening? Do we get that? Yes, it happens. And this is something which is very bad. It hurts us right inside. Now there is this person who was arrested. He was a farmer. And he was a farmer who had pigs, you know. Now he was arrested and put in jail. There was another officer who was put along with him to understand what this man did. This man killed 49 prostitutes in his small town and used to chop them into bits and mix it with the pig, you know that uh, meat and sell it in the marketplace. And he is telling that officer, I needed one more person to make it into 50. Now this is a true story. This person has been caught. And he was selling the pig meat, what do you call that, ham or something, along with the bodies of all these prostitutes. How does that sound? Now when you heard this story, did you like it? 
there was a complete aversion to this story. Just imagine you are staying in this town and you might have bought meat from that person and you might have eaten it and what would you think? This is, this is, and by the way, this is, this happened in England. Oh, USA. I didn't know that. And this, it is a terrible story. How would anybody be so terrible in life? Now see what happened. All your five layers are affected. The happy body inside has tremendous amount of sadness. Now that sadness is conveyed to the spirit soul inside. And the enjoyment. See, the, I, I told you the term enjoyment is not actually enjoyment. It also means sadness as well. That was felt right to inside your innermost being. And this is transmitted from top to bottom. Alright. This is a thing which is mentioned over here. We will move to the next verse. Gold and earth are originally existing as ingredients. From gold, one may fashion golden ornaments such as bracelets and earrings. And from earth, one may fashion clay pots and saucers. The original ingredients, gold and earth, exist before the products made from them. And when the products are eventually destroyed, the original ingredients, gold and earth, will remain. Thus, since the ingredients are present in the beginning and at the end, they must also be present in the middle phase. Taking the form of a particular product to which we assign for convenience a particular name such as bracelet, earring, pot, saucer we can therefore understand that since the ingredients cause exists before the creation of a product and after the product's destruction the same ingredients cause must be present during the manifest phase supporting the product as the basis of its reality. It's a lengthy Explanation. These are two examples which Krishna has given. Krishna has given two examples. One is of earth and one is of metal. The metal which he has chosen is gold. Now gold is mined from the earth. And we also take the earth. We What do we do? From the earth we make pots. Isn't it? Earthenware we call it. And we also design you know, cups and saucers. From the sand that is available, isn't it? Now, all these come from the earth, including the gold. Now, the gold, when it is mined, it comes in the form of gold bricks. Then it is melted further and then it is made into different kinds of ornaments. The ornaments could be earrings, chains, bracelets, you name it. Different, different kinds of Uses are there for this gold which is pure. Pure in the sense when, once it is mined. Afterwards, when you want to sell it or when you go back to the marketplace and you say I want to give my old gold back. 
happens? The jeweler charges you something which is called melting charges. Isn't it? He melts the gold and makes it into a homogeneous brick once again. Right? Now in the same way, when the pots which are used, once they break, what happens to them? They, became, they become the earth once again, isn't it? Now in India we have festivals. Now in the festival you have seen they make murtis, that is the statues of gods and goddesses. Like during the Ganesh Chaturthi we make Ganesha, the elephant god. During the Navratri, Madurga and all her other images are made. They are painted very nicely. They are given different different clothes to wear, so on and so forth. After the festival is over, what happens to them? They are put back into the sea, ocean, lakes or whatever. Right? Now when this is done, what happened to the mud? from which it is shaped. It is gone back to the earth once again, isn't it? This is exactly what happens to human beings. I just have some water. Now, these ingredients which we mentioned like gold and the ornaments, the earth and its pots and pans and whatever, plus the murtis that came about, the images, all these went back into the earth. In the same way, the bodies are the ornaments. Bodies are fashioned as ornaments. They all come from one ingredient. Just like gold and ornaments. So sometimes the gold takes the form of a earring. Sometimes a bangle. Sometimes a gold chain. You know, different, different ornaments. We have taken this form. The form that you are in today. It will go back, will get melted, will go back into the earth. A new form will happen. What is that new form? Just now you may be a human being. Tomorrow you can be an animal. Day after tomorrow you could be a bird. You, you understand? Recycling has happened. So these kind of bodies are given to us. Just now, you may be a vegetarian human being, okay? You eat only leafy vegetables and all those kind of stuff. The next body which you might get could be of a carnivorous animal. So in the next body you might eat all the meat. After that you might get a body of a worm. 
you know all the earthworm what it does it eats the earth and all the things that are there with it now today if you think about oh my god as an earthworm i am going to eat all these things you know you are going to feel very nauseous isn't it <laughs> you would like it and if you are a vegetarian and if you are going to eat all the non vegetarian stuff i don't want to eat all that but that is the problem how can you say what body you are going to get <laughs> there is no way of knowing so everything that is recycled on this earth takes a form but what is not recycled it continues from one body to another to another to another to another to another is called the spirit soul got it now you could be experiencing happiness as a body as a human being but the next life you are an animal i told you maybe you are a cheetah and you are inside a den which is basically you are in a zoo you don't have any freedom you are in the confines of a zoo you cannot hunt the zoo keeper comes and gives you food and you are a showpiece in front of all these human beings can you see what is the difference between these lives now we say that we are not accustomed to this kind of things you will find that this happens to everyone not only you and me everyone on this planet has to go through their own karma there are children there are now i spoke about this example of prostitutes and that man and he killed those 49 of them what they must have gone through it's a terrible thing isn't that torturous isn't that painful now this kind of pain which is there experienced by this person once like in the human body do you think there is no pain in an animal body suppose you are the hunted definitely or if you are meeting your death in front of pradeep sir <laughs> what happens yeah the car got smashed no doubt about it but <laughs> yes the pain was there it's something like that so the pain and the pleasure and the happiness is also felt by the spirit soul so this is the meaning of the verse a material object itself composed of an essential ingredient creates another material objects through transformation thus one created object becomes the cause and the basis of another created object a particular thing may thus be called real 
in that it possesses the basic nature of another object that constitutes its origin and final state. So, this verse says, the earrings, the bangles, the gold chain, do they have the properties of gold? Of course, they do have the properties of gold. Now, gold has a certain melting point, all those, all these things are there, right? Does it shine like gold? Of course it is gold. That is why it is going to shine. In the same way, suppose you take the earthenware. The pots and the pans. Do the pots and the pans also have the same characteristics as the earth? Naturally, they have. In the same way, human beings, we, do we have the characteristics of what has happened to us previously or where we come from. Naturally, these examples will tell you that we also have the characteristics of the super soul or the soul, spirit soul. Correct? Do We do have the characteristics and we can be identified with the spirit soul as well. This is an example just to tell you how we can go backwards like this and say that we also have the characteristics, the constitution of the earlier stage. So we have just done in verse 18 and now in verse 19. The material universe can be considered real, having nature as its original ingredients and final state. Lord Mahavishnu is the resting place of nature, which becomes manifest by the power of time. Thus nature, the mighty Vishnu and time are not different from me, the supreme absolute truth. So what is being said over here? The material universe is considered real. What is this material universe? The material universe is what we see. Mother nature we said. So this material nature is considered real. We think it is real. We believe that this material nature is absolutely real. Isn't it? See if you touch your body and if you give one tight slap to yourself. Do you feel it? Yes. If I break a branch. The tree also feels. If I take a stick and beat a dog. He is also going to yelp, isn't it? They are going to feel it. So this nature is also considered real. We think that this material nature, like say for example the trees and the plants and all, if we break nothing happens to them. Isn't that how we think? Hey, today if I take a fruit from a tree, you know, there is a tree and I pluck a fruit from it and I say, okay, the tree is not feeling anything. The last verse told you very clearly. What did the last verse tell you? The feeling is experienced by the spirit soul also. Remember this verse? So, if it is being felt by the spirit soul, what makes you think that the tree doesn't have a spirit soul? Right? When you crush an ant, 
You know, the children, the small children, they like to kill all these small, small creatures. They'll step on it. Nasty creatures. So, what is being said over here? It is real. Having nature is his original ingredient and final state. So, you know, there is a scorpion. Have you seen scorpions? Now, if, if you see a scorpion somewhere coming towards you, naturally you may take something and beat it and kill it, isn't it? Because it's supposed to be a deadly creature. What do you do? You kill it. Hmm? Now, if you have killed that scorpion, it has gone back into the earth. Hmm? All his body parts got crushed and all that. Has it undergone pain? Of course it has undergone pain. A certain amount of torture? Yes, of course, when you crushed it, it had felt the pain. So, the original nature of it is what? It has come from mother nature. So it has gone back to mother nature. But it has a spirit soul. The spirit soul is now going to take up another body. So, and who is this thing? Lord Mahavishnu is the resting place of nature. This entire nature that we see as what we call as mother nature, the resting place where everything goes back. After the death of that scorpion, where did it go back? You say, the ingredients went back to the ingredients. But what happened to the spirit soul? It went back to the spirit soul. The supreme, isn't it? And that is where Mahavishnu is the resting place of this nature. Which becomes manifest by the power of time. That means this spirit soul will again come back in time. As another body. Thus nature, the almighty Vishnu and time are not different from me. The supreme absolute truth. So the spirit soul which went back into the state of Mahavishnu. Remember, they are the resting place. And this entire thing, including mother nature, is me alone. What is Krishna saying? All this is not different than me. So, the manifest divinity, remember the manifest divinity we discussed about? Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva, we discussed about that. So, the mother nature which went back was sleeping in Vishnu, Mahavishnu, this in turn, all this which is manifest. The manifest is a part of the unmanifest divinity as well. This is a very long drawn approach to tell you everything is one. As long as the Supreme Personality of Godhead continues to glance upon nature, the material world continues to exist, perpetually manifesting through procreation, the great and the variegated flow of universal creation. So, what is mentioned over here? Till there is a grace of God, 
on this entire creation like the grace is there this keeps on happening that means mother nature will keep on producing its own ingredients will keep on producing the various bodies and this material world and so on and so forth and there will be birth and death and once there is death it will go back into this unmanifested then it will come back again take up a manifest form then it will form a body and the body will live for a few years something or some part of time and then it will die and then it will go back so this is a continuous off and on process which is a birth and death birth and death birth and death so it is called rebirths this is the process it keeps on happening and this is finally resting in the supreme divine consciousness i am the basis of this universal form which displays endless variety through the repeated criticism creations maintenance and destruction of the planetary planetary systems originally containing within itself all planets in their dormant state my universal form manifests the varieties of created existence by arranging and coordinated combination of the five elements so it's the same verses all these verses put together it is saying the one form is there which is called the supreme divine consciousness so we have just recap the whole thing once again there is a supreme divine consciousness which is unmanifesting manifest and unmanifest not known to us from that comes an unmanifest world which we call as the brahmand from that creates this entities which are called the manifest divinities deities as if you remember from the deities they create the world and the creatures and everything around us at the time of death the bodies are given up the unmanifest the manifest goes back to the unmanifest and there is a reverse cycle so all this is a part of the forward and the backward cycle all right and everything is what is called as the basis of the universal form it's an endless variety how many varieties can you take how many bodies do you think you can take you know there are millions and millions and millions of bodies which you can take ants the creatures that you see the tiny ones they are also individual in nature if you take birds if you take an eagle you may say oh there are very few eagles if you take human beings they are approximately 7 7.5 billion i think by now now where did they come from it was a question which somebody had asked you see in the at the beginning of time there were only few there were one or two and from that became more and more and more and more and more so today when people die where do these new bodies come from so from 7.5 billion we may become 10 billion and then 20 billion i don't know where the where we are all and everybody is living simultaneously so from that zero and one and two how did this 10 billion also come about isn't that the question now you will understand i told you we take multiple bodies not just human being you know some life of yours you could be a dinosaur <laughs> who knows <laughs> you know you could have been 
maybe a flying bird for all you know who knows and that is the reason why we have this this question is funny so now uh, now we are coming to a very very big one it says the next verse is very huge at the time of annihilation the mortal body of the living being becomes merged in food food merges into the grains and the grains merge back into the earth the earth merges back into a subtle sensation fragrance fragrance merges into water and water further merges into its own quality taste the taste merges into fire which merges into form form merges into touch and touch merges into ether ether finally merges into the sensation of the sound the senses all merge into their own origins the presiding demigods and they o gentle uddhava merge into the controlling mind which itself merges into false ego in the mode of goodness sound becomes one with false ego in the mode of ignorance and all powerful false ego and first of all the physical elements merges into the total nature the total material nature the primary repository of the three basis modes dissolves into the modes these modes of nature then merge into the unmanifest form of nature and that unmanifest form merges into time time merges into the supreme lord present in the form of omniscient mahapurusha the original activator of all living beings the origin of all life merges into me the unborn supreme soul who remains alone established within himself it is from him that all creation and annihilation are manifested now this is a long story this merges into that that merges into that that merges into that so slowly coming down 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 and finally it is coming into this supreme divine consciousness right so what is all this thing that just now i spoke if you recollect the first few lines it spoke of senses isn't it it said everything goes back into the food the food the food goes back into the grains the grains go back into the earth and all that we we discussed all that isn't it right from the beginning so what is it that was being discussed over here the outermost body what is it made up of huh it is made up of the food food body isn't it what does it have the organs of senses the organs of action all these are there right isn't that the first thing which gets destroyed your food body when you die what happens this food body comes to a standstill isn't it now it had all these ingredients called the senses and the all different kinds of senses that are there all these senses also have to fall back one 
one into another into another into another. When you die, your legs are anyway not going to move, your hands are not going to move, neither is your tongue going to move, you, know, you can't speak. All your organs of action which are there have come to a standstill. Correct? What happened to your organs of, which are called sense organs? Eyes. Eyes are closed, isn't it? They closed down. Can you hear anything? Can you smell anything? So you will find that everything goes back like this. One by one, one by one, one by one, one by one. The person who dies cannot stand on his feet. He cannot move his hands. Isn't that true? While he is just dying, he says, Ah, maybe he may do like this and just die. So this process of going backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards is coming back inside. Now it is merging. How does it merge? The earth merges into the subtle sensation, fragrance. Fragrance merges into water, water into its own taste. The taste merges into fire, the fire into its form, the form into touch, the touch into ether, ether merges into sensation of sound, the senses all merge into their own origins. All these senses and sense organs, they have all come from some place. No? They all go back to its original place. Now, if you feel that, you know, how does that work? Think about it. Now, if I have taken a million roses, I've taken out their petals and I've crushed them, I've taken out the oil which comes out of it, the rose essence, isn't it? The fragrance that is there. Do you know that extraction by itself is such a big process? Maybe a thousand kilograms or maybe ten thousand kilograms of rose petals will give me just one kilogram or one liter of the pure rose essence. That rose essence was there in those thousand, ten thousand kilos, isn't it? So did you see that that essence, a tiny portion of it was there in so many roses? One each rose carried a very, very tiny portion of it. So did you understand how this whole thing began? So when I crushed all of them together, the oil which came from it, that particular fragrance, was remaining over there. That was only a very, very small quantity. Think of yourself. When you die, your ingredients are going back into the earth. Don't you think all the fragrance that was there will go back to the fragrance? Just now only I told you, no? I give you the example of roses. The fragrance got extracted into a very tiny quantity. Right? Exactly that happens to us also. All the ingredients go back to the ingredients. Right? Now, 
I have given you an example of a rose. You can take any other example that you wish to. Take the example of milk. You know, when you buy the milk from the marketplace, you boil it. After you boil, you get a layer of cream on top. You gather the cream. It's called fresh cream, isn't it? You gather all that cream. You put it together. Hmm? Across the world, people eat only cream. And what do we Indians eat? It's something completely different. So I will tell you how this whole thing happens. So what do we do? We take this cream in India. We take this cream and then we put it aside. After we put it aside for a couple of days, then we use the mixer. Now it has certain ingredients inside that, you know, like which have become like curd. So when you hurl the mixer, after about three, four, five minutes or so, you will find that a layer, there are two layers formed. One is the top layer and one is the bottom layer. The bottom layer is called the chas. Right? And the top layer is floating. That is what we call as a chakka. Or you may call it. Yeah. So this is taken out. Now this can also be used as a fresh cream by the way. It is also called as butter in countries abroad. All Europe and US and all it is called cream. Uh, basically it's butter they call it. And they put salt in it. So it is the salted butter. Now those who make cake use this float. Okay. Now in India we do something more than that. You take this white cream or whatever you call it as a you know can, what's the word there? butter and then we boil it in a non-stick vessel. We boil it for a very long time and what remains is pure fat. All the other ingredients and all, which is proteins and all, they settle down as a brown color residue. That brown color residue contains pure proteins. Okay. I, my power is gone, so but you can definitely see me. So it's not a problem. So these proteins that are there, this can be eaten. But... On the other hand, there is this fat. This fat is called G-H-E-E, -E, ghee. It's a pure fat. Krishna, long the time, ancient time, used to love this fat. Okay? And this ghee is used by Indians in all their cooking. It is fragrant. It smells very nice. It gives off a very nice odor, you know, definitely and the food tastes 100 times better than just cooked in butter. Okay. 
this is called ghee it's also known by another name clarified butter clarified butter means ghee okay so this now did you see i have taken all the cows all the cows that i took together and from the cows i have taken out the milk and from the milk i have you know taken out the cream and from the cream i have taken out the butter i have churned the butter further and heated it and made it into ghee so that means every cow has ghee in it her <laughs> in her <laughs> you go backwards you will get this answer correct so you will find that just the way i describe one by one one by one step by step step by step step by step this verse tells us that everything goes back to where it came from all right so i hope you have understood this much portion of the verse so sound finally we had come to the word sound a sound becomes a false ego all right and from the false ego in the mode of ignorance and the all powerful false ego the first of all the physical element merges into the total nature what was the last one we said sound now let us go back to bible first came the word <laughs> do you recollect in the bible also it is the same thing okay what are they talking about they are not saying you know some big boom happened and there was a word over there and nothing nothing we say now i will this whole story i am going to give you in another format in the next 2 3 minutes listen to me carefully this entire process of creation backward i explained now i will explain to you creation from here to the front all right but from your point of view does it appeal to you or not think about it i told you that everything is within you now let us go back to time and say you know today i am going to make a cake who said that to you something inside said those words to you isn't it you literally heard yourself saying i want to make a cake yes so the word or the sound is what triggers the action first a thought which comes in the form of an unheard sound do you remember how many kinds of sounds are there four kinds isn't it now if you remember there is something which we call as the unheard sound it brought that idea forth inside of you and when the idea came inside of you what happened you went and told your maybe your parents maybe your daughter maybe your son whoever is at this there at home you went and told that person today i am going to make a cake did you shop over there no 
you have to gather the ingredients so you gathered ingredients different different ingredients you gathered together then you started collecting them one by one and started putting them up together then you mix them all around and from the mixture you went and cooked it and after cooking it became a cake i don't want to go through the whole <laughs> step by step but i understand you understand you know you baked a cake for yourself good and there you have the final product in front of you so can i say that that cake came from that unheard sound of course <laughs> everything starts with an idea and this is exactly what the verse says these modes of nature then merge into the unmanifest form of nature and that unmanifest form merges into time time merges into the supreme lord present in the form of omnipotent omniscient mahapurusha the original activator of all living beings that origin of all life merges into me the unborn supreme soul that remains alone established within himself it is from him that all creation and annihilation was manifested now all this backward story that i give you backward forward story the thought where did it come from please understand if you are not there the thought may not come then who whom am i talking to <laughs> so that means you are there of course if you are there that means if you are there just now and if you remember this don't you think in the last life also i have must have spoken to you there is a something going on at the back isn't it that means in the previous lives after lives after life don't you think them i am must have spoken to you and you must have heard this now you are making the cake that means the thought the words they all came from somewhere and all this if we go back it comes from the unmanifest world of divinity which is what we call as the supreme divine consciousness and the supreme divine consciousness is the repository of literally everything in this world so we have taken a forward and a backward journey for us to understand how gold is made how ghee is made how human beings are made how you can make a cake at home everything to final resting place is the unmanifest divinity whom we call as the supreme divine consciousness so this whole thing that we discussed about finally we have come to the end of it all so when we are ending this verse 27 as a general idea you have to understand that you have multiple bodies in multiple lifetimes whatever you feel in every body is experienced by your inner being also whether it is happiness or sadness after you have gone through you have disappeared the elements go back into the elements everything goes back into the place where it came from and finally it becomes one going back into the other into the other into the other into the other finally everything is coming back to this unmanifest divinity and that is what we call the supreme divine consciousness this was a backward and a forward journey of ours to just get an idea how this world came out and how the world is going to go back into time
so we will stop over here and i'll see you all in the coming week so take care have a very good